Welcome back to the Fund Monitors Meet the Manager series. Montgomery are a well-known firm in the Australian funds management market, and recently the Montgomery Small Companies Fund celebrated its one-year anniversary after being started in September 2019. I think most investors would agree that with the benefit of hindsight, the last 12 months was a pretty tough time to start a new fund. But as they say, volatility breeds opportunity, and the fund has done very well in its first year, returning 15.6% for the 12 months to the end of September, outperforming the Small Ordinaries Index by 19% and the ASX total, uh, 200 Total Return Index by over 25%, as shown on the screen. I'm joined today by Gary Rollo, the Portfolio Manager for the Montgomery Small Companies Fund. Gary, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. Looking forward to our chat. Gary, the fund has passed its 12-month anniversary and you've come through a pretty volatile period with very strong outperformance. Um, can you tell us a bit about your investment philosophy and how you've, you've generated such strong numbers? Okay, look, thanks for that question. Um, let's go to investment philosophy first. Uh, as, you, as you mentioned, we, we target small companies domestically here in Australia. I mean, our view is that innovation in Australia it lives in small companies and our objective and our investment philosophies built to capture that objective is that we want to harness the growth and value creation event that occurs in small companies uh, as a result of, of that innovation living there. But we have to do so in a structured way that allows us to manage the risks, but to take advantage of opportunities as they arise. Um, look, we're active managers. We don't hug an index. Uh, typically, we're about 70 to 85% active versus our benchmark, for instance. We only own the businesses that we like, not those that we don't. And our view is that every stock has to earn the right to be in our portfolio at all times. Um, we look to exploit that underdiscovered and under-researched nature of small caps by doing our own primary research. Uh, we use our own relationships and connections to understand the opportunity and risks in some of these companies that we that we look at. Um, we effectively deploy what we call a big stock analysis to all of these little companies out there. We literally tear these things apart, put them all back together, understand the opportunity and the risk, weigh it all up, and then make decisions about what goes in. We're obviously looking for stocks that are exposed to stock to, to strong themes, you know, searching for those beneficiaries of secular trends. Uh, we're looking to identify stocks that have what we call a sustainable competitive advantage, and ideally positioned in verticals that are undergoing a bit of change because we know that where there's change going on in an industry, that's where market share changes hands. And that's really what we're looking to harness here that, you know, small companies, bringing innovation to market in industries that are undergoing change, big market share opportunities. We want to grab uh, both those, uh, we want to grab those opportunities with both hands. I mean, those businesses that have scope for growth um, are, are really where we see the heavy lifting done in the portfolio. And, you know, that's the ideology that, um, that we, we took into that COVID downturn and really has delivered the performance uh, in, in in this year, um, in, in more detail, the performance um, through COVID, yeah, we, we, we didn't really outperform on the way down. Yes, we tried to protect capital as best we could, but it all happened so fast. The, 
the outperformance really came from the structure of the portfolio and the decisions that we took at the time of going down into COVID and, and, and coming back out. And we collected all that value on the way back up and the portfolio shape, it had, it really had three structures to it. I mean, our first job was to make sure that we, um, that we were exposed to uh, a core of stocks that would win no matter which way COVID went, if it was a, you know, a, a light event or, or, or a big event. And th those stocks were like telecom companies and data centers. Those are the digital enablers. And we had a, a good core of those stocks already in the portfolio and we added more on the way down. But we also focused really hard on what would be the medium term winners um, in the scenario. And those were the structural growth companies. Those were target one at the bottom in our view, because we knew those were those market share, com market share taking companies. Those are the companies with the competitive advantage that we look for. We just happened to you know get them at really good prices and so that would be the second sort of chunk of capital that we had in our portfolio shape and the third one um which kind of gives us our view that we are more of an all-weather manager rather than a structural growth or a value type play is that we had a look around for the best what we call tactical opportunities that we could find knowing that there are specific certain sets of circumstances that avail at certain times uh, and at that point in time, at the bottom, that was looking around for sectors where they were going to be supported by government stimulus. And our best expression of that was retail. And I remember, um, you know, at the bottom of the market thinking, right, yeah, let's go and get some of these retailers. They were so cheap. And we, we put up some bids on the 23rd of March and they just got absolutely monstered. Now, you know, looking back on it, that, that was great because... From then on, you know, the stocks kind of went up, but um, th that gives you an idea of how we like to balance risk taking versus, um, you know, protecting capital, that strong core that would win no matter what, and then making small bets in sectors where we know um, that the conditions are about to change and, and take advantage of that. And, you know, those that ideology of a strong core focusing on the medium term with those structural growth stocks, but taking the best tactical opportunities of the moment as well that's what delivered the performance and that's how we like to play the game um that's our shape and that's how we um that's how we that's how we roll um i've been doing a bit of research um on the fund and i was reading some of the articles and literature that you, that you published i noticed um there was a quote that you like companies that are in control of their own destiny um you know, I think for a lot of investors, they look at that and, and, and it's probably something that they're striving for as well. Can you give me a feel for what that means for you when you're, when you're assessing companies? Sure. So what we're getting to with that quote in control of their own destiny is when you're in small caps and you're looking to harness, you know, the value creation event that people haven't necessarily focused on or priced in, you're looking to have a, a bunch of factors that are aligned with, with, with that goal of, of growing capital. First one is, is that a company must have in its underlying portfolio, its competitive advantage. What, what can we do as investors to due diligence that competitive advantage? Because that's really what you're investing in when you're going after um, a stock that's in control of its own destiny. Because if a, if a management team or a business has that competitive advantage in its back pocket, it's a heck of a lot easier to win no matter what conditions are prevailing. And I'll give you an example. You know, we're in a weak economic environment. Would you rather be in a cyclical company that's exposed to externalities uh, like the, the strength of the economic cycle that could be weak, 
or would you like to be invested in a company that will win no matter what those externalities get delivered over a medium period of time? And that's the critical thing. We might not know what tomorrow brings. I mean, very often, I think it was Bill Gates that had this quote. He says, look, the market always overestimates what you can do tomorrow, but it underestimates what you can achieve in 10 years. And so we are looking to position ourselves in that duration gap with some of these competitive advantage companies and, and get a hold of those management teams that have quite literally have got their hands on those, you know, those control levers, that idea of controlling their own destiny. We need to have something that's competitively advantaged first, and then they need to have the ability to deftly maneuver um, those control levers to, to effectively bring that value home for, for, for investors. And in small caps, there are heaps of opportunities that fit that bill, but you've got to DD them. You've got to understand the sectors that they play in. And you've got to understand the management team and their objectives and, and where they are in that journey of value creation along that life cycle from small to big. And if you get it right, your returns are, are good. And, you know, that's that's how our philosophy and process is all. That's what it's designed to discover and allow us to put those stocks in the portfolio. Well, um, uncertainty seems to be one of the words that I think uh, is used most in relation to 2021. And uh, uh, certainly the, uh, the recent US election um, is probably a testament to that. Um, how are you and the team positioning the fund for the next 12 months? Uh, what are the, some of the structural trends without giving away too much that you're looking at? Yeah, well, uh, as you'd expect me to say with someone that wants to repeatedly, you know, apply a philosophy and a process and let the returns flow from that, is that shape that we have of a, of a core of stocks that we don't think will be impacted by whatever happens with those big externalities that we can't call. Mm -hmm. And then you've got this view that if we have the most competitively advantaged companies in markets that, yeah, they might be buffeted in the short run by these big externalities that we don't call, we can't call, but they've got something in their portfolio that in the, in the medium term, coming back to that, Gil, uh, that Bill Gates quote, are going to deliver. And then you have another bucket of capital that's focused on taking the best tactical opportunities that you can see at any given moment in time um, to sort of harvest, if you will, um, the, the best of the moment that makes you kind of um, an all weather type manager. Those are the, the, that's the shape that the portfolio has got today. It's the shape that it had going into COVID, going through COVID and it paid dividends then. And we think that's the best shape um, going forward. But there are some, as you, as you pose the question, some structural themes that we're lining the portfolio up with today. I'll, I'll, go, through, I'll go through a couple. Um, I mean, the first one um, is one that's been quite long standing in our portfolio. And we think it's as resonant today as an opportunity as, as it was when we uh, first put the fund together. And that's um, cloud technologies. Um, you know, if we start there, the cloud technologies, they have changed the unit economics of technology with the deployment of cloud technologies out there. And as you will see, as I go on, you know, that change is most profound in the small cap universe that we look at today, because what it does is it alters the relative competitiveness of small caps relative to their, you know, big market share owning share, uh, big cap companies out there. So, you know, in the past technology capability was a competitive weapon that was only available to large companies. Um, because of its heavy upfront investment and high cost to maintain. In the old days, you effectively needed the scale of a big company to make the economics of technology work for you. 
cloud has completely changed the game. It has literally handed the keys to the big company IT department to the small guy. And remember, we believe innovation lives in Australia in small cap. So you've got this beautiful combination of innovation and now what used to be a technology disadvantage removed. And actually it's a technology advantage now because many of these big companies come with complexity and cloud tools are, you know, today you only pay for what you want when you want to use it. And it allows you to tech, check, test, fail ideas and learn in a way that, you know, you could never do before. And in a timeline that these big companies that are complex just can't react to. So what it means is it gives these small companies that we are investing in a market share wedge opportunity that they've never had before. We're seeing that and um, our, the experience profile we've got on our team here, um, we're quite well positioned to capture value against that theme. So that's one that we've been playing. It's been very successful for the fund so far. And you know this is a theme, it's a multi-decade theme. So we're quite happy to keep owning stocks that are, are plays on that dynamic. And right at the other side of the portfolio, some of those um, tactical themes that we've been playing, you know, they've made good money for the fund. I mentioned retail at the opening part of this, um, this video, but an area where we're investing today is, is more short term. And of course that's around vaccine deployment, economic reopening. And we know Australia's position is a little bit different than the rest of the world because, you know, we've handled COVID well here versus the rest of the world, they're gonna have to live with it. Whereas, you know, what that means is, you know, we used to spend billions of dollars traveling internationally. Um, I think it was something like $60 billion last year we spent traveling internationally. Uh, that money isn't going outside the shores of Australia. That's staying in our economy. So we're placing uh, investments into areas of the economy that will benefit from that incremental spend against a backdrop of already very strong domestic government support and low rates here. So we're, we've invested in companies in domestic tourism, in housing on the benefit, the idea that house prices will rise, all those kind of characteristics we're trying to deploy to reap the benefit from in, in, uh, in the portfolio. So it uh, gives you a nice balance and flavor of the themes that we are looking to exploit in the portfolio today. Excellent, Gary, thank you. Um, that's uh, been very insightful. And as I mentioned at the very start, um, uh, after one year, the, the fund is going extremely well. So congratulations uh, and, um, you know, good luck for, for the next 12 months and, and the ensuing many more 12 months after that. Look, many thanks. Great to chat. And uh, we'll certainly take that luck and put it in the back pocket and take it with us.